Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. What's this? It's brewery time? Ah, good. I've missed these. Who we got? Bob, put your arm down and tell me who it is. Oh, 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 it's Rogue. Do they even do that on their labels anymore? Well, we're going to find out as we talk all about this brewery. So wipe the yeast out of your beard and have a drink. to have a drink the show where you learn along with us about what you drink i'm Brittany lee walker i'm justin frazier i'm christopher walker and i'm casey price Yay. oh you know guys it's like i never left <laughs> all of us on here again <laughs> it's like i've not stopped drinking all weekend oh my god that's actually true <laughs> <laughs> even driving just open container the whole no that's not true at all. don't do say, that i would not say that <laughs> don't do that unless no. you're in a state that allows you to do pretty much none no don't even do it then it's still a bad idea don't drink and drive yeah don't drink and text and drive there's the line but i was at a stop sign (laughs) (laughs) Uh, call back to a news episode uh all right casey what have you been up to oh um i don't know really (laughs) (laughs) he drank too much guys he's lost his memory i have not been drinking that's been the that's been the good thing uh a couple times this week i've had dinner with my family and things like that so it's been sort of the little bit of time that i get in between um i'll I'll go and and have dinner um our new brewery distillery opened up in town so i went and visited that a couple Um, weeks ago that was that that? all tech oh right yeah so the dueling barrels is open uh running a pretty good system up there I need that. I need dueling barrels to be like they do dueling banjos, but like bongos with yes. barrel That needs to be a thing. How is that uh, place? It is twenty-five barrel brew house. Although it's not exactly twenty-five barrel, they use hectoliters, and mm-hmm. I don't know that conversion. Huh. Um, <laughs> but. They do, they have, of course, the whole brew system's all nice. I think a three vessel system, four vessel system. It's great setup. But on the other side, they also have two, two stills, actually three stills set up. They have two stills that are set up to make their bourbon and one still for their moonshine. So they have a different still actually for their moonshine than they do for the bourbon, just so they can get a different flavor out of that liquor. Hmm. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, pretty my cool still setup. for my moonshine is up in the hills and it's hard to find. <laughs> um, the weird thing is, they don't package at all there. They really? don't put anything into a barrel at all there. It is all taken and put into the back of a tanker truck once or twice a week and then taken to Lexington where they'll put it in their rickhouses there, 
And whenever it's ready to be packaged, they'll put it in a package. If it's a beer, they'll take it to Lexington, package it, and then send it back. <laughs> it's a two-hour you... drive each way, two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> yeah. drive each way. Ridiculous. So, so tanker um, trucks full of spirits are leaving yep. there. Spirits, and then on the other side, beer as well. So they'll do they'll do beer there as well. I don't I don't know how much beer they'll actually do. To be completely honest, I think all those tanks are spirit tanks. Um, I think they're brewing for for spirits more than anything else because it they're not putting together enough beer. Really, a tanker trunk full of beer enough to go through that. Probably they're probably brewing just enough for on site consumption. Well, if they do it, then they're probably doing it because they've got to send the. It's got to be like a full tanker truck, basically. And so, do they just do one beer style there <laughs> to act like they're brewing a beer, and then send that off, and that gets packaged in kegs and bottles and and sent wherever, or put into line with the rest of the all tech stuff? Mm. So I don't, I'm not real sure on that, but I'm pretty sure they're being a little fishy about that. The logistics uh, of what's happening there, yeah, that's really odd. It's not, yeah, it's not completely. You, you drink what you make here sort of thing going on. So a little weird, a little different. Um, but yeah, other than that, we got a Instapot and it broke the first day I used it. So oh, yeah. you know, can't trying, handle that much. Been trying to get that thing fixed this week. So been uh, <laughs> awesome. been on the phone or Ashley has, I guess not I, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get that thing up and going. I had some good ramen with, uh, with the pig's feet that I was using one way or the other. Oh yeah. Pig's feet. <laughs> Sure. Right. What about you guys? How drunk are you? <laughs> well, Justin, uh, what sobriety feels like. You finally made it back. I think you were out of town. I was. Uh, I, I had a nice little trip uh, last weekend, actually. Like I left Saturday and got back uh, on Tuesday, but I left to go to Asheville, North Carolina. Woo. Mm. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a really, really cool, cool place. Uh, much shorter drive than I thought it was going to be. It's only like four and a half hours. Not bad. I know that doesn't that sound short, but to get I, to a beer city that big in the United States, that's that's pretty good. You know, the city is not as big as my brain somehow had it being. Like mm, it, mm-hmm. and it's in it's for you know it's in actual Appalachians rather than in foothills of it, but. It felt very homey for me because just I can't, I couldn't see anything. There's just you know mountains everywhere. I was like, oh, <laughs> this feels right. This feels yep. good. It's uh, claustrophobic. Ah, oh, home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, had had a bunch of uh, you know. I get down there and my friends uh, who I was staying with, they're uh, uh, Yoshi and David. They they go, hey, get in the car. We're going to go. We're, we're stopping at breweries. So we we did a. Little little hop hopping through some places. Uh, we went through. Did you do pun, a hop pun, hop? Pun <laughs> unintended. Uh, uh, but let me see if I can find them real quick on Untapped. But I know we started at uh, burial, I think. Uh, and you know, I'm there. I did not, in fact, get skillet donut because it was a billion degrees. Uh. Mm. And I was not about that life. (laughs) Uh, They had, uh, not not those. Oh, uh, I had a a, a Saison, a farmhouse ale from there. Oracle's Professor. 
So that was, it was pretty tasty. Helped me get through some of the heat. But we had time for basically like one and then move on to the next one, which was Katawaba Brewing. I don't know if any of you yeah. uh, heard of it. had their, other, had a Kolsch there, which was pretty, pretty solid. Then we went somewhere and I, I would like no judgment. But, don't uh, tell me. I went to Wicked Weed. I went to the Funkatorium. I, I hadn't had any Wicked Weed before. So I was like, okay, well, let's at least, at least go in and try it. I discovered one thing. I hate how they do their flights. Hmm. Really? How is it? Uh, preset flights. You tell them, like, there's a list. There's oh. a one, two, three, and four uh, options. Uh, but they are set flights. You don't get mm. to pick anything. They are. That's weird. If you want the one, you get that. And I'm like, that's, that's dumb. I don't, I don't care for that. Uh, but. They had some, yeah, had a couple things in there. Uh, <laughs> I had to explain to uh, to them, uh, to my to my friends about phenols and esters. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, a long. Explanation. Say, how did you actually go about explaining that without? <laughs> I'm slowly learning. It it it's only taken three years of podcasting and like <laughs> three four years before that of Casey trying to drill it into my head. Before that, uh, just a slow learner. <laughs> uh, no, you're fine. Uh, the 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 only thing that I really dug from uh, from that from there was the silencio. Uh, it's the the uh, it's like a, a barrel aged sour ale. Hmm. It's, it's actually really good. Uh, but we also stopped over at a uh, nice little bar they have there called um, uh, uh, the Thirsty Monk. Uh, yes, got three levels. I saw two of them. I didn't go up to the top where they have like a, a, a spirit bar, but had had a uh, they had a, like an American craft section, but then they had had a a, tradi- a more traditional Belgian list down at the very bottom where where I I had some fun. <laughs> uh, but then we did a a tour of Sierra Nevada, the, the oh. facility they have down there. Uh, really cool, uh, really fun tour. We should if we're ever down there, we should do it. Because one beautiful grounds. Uh, if we're ever down there, if, if we're, we're ever down there, down there <laughs> next year in February. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they had, uh, 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 you know, we did the tour. I, I laughed because in the very beginning, I was kind of like, "Do you want me just to take over? I can." <laughs> Family owned and operated. Sierra Nevada started back in. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I got uh, this. But they, uh, uh, it, it was still, it was really neat. You got to see, you know, actually seeing the, 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 the torpedo, the hop torpedo stuff. And they had like a hop cooler where they let you like take full hops, rip them up, get the, get some nice, nice sniffing going on in there. Uh, yeah. get to be, uh, Jim Cook just when he's going oh. face first into the hops. Nose in. They, they also gave us a couple samples of stuff, uh, one thing I managed to bring back from there uh, doesn't sound exciting, but they had an unfiltered pills that they don't sell outside of uh, <laughs> outside of North Carolina. So I was like, "All right, well, this is coming with me." Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, it was a nice uh, palate cleanser today. It, yeah, we had some of that uh, earlier today, uh, and then uh, I also bought something else. We had some of today. The uh, a bel- uh, it was a gin, gin barrel aged Belgian triple. That was pretty good. Uh, had a very pretty wow. bottle. <laughs> it's very, very nice bottle. Very tasty. Hmm. Uh, we've gotten to that this morning, uh, which gives you an idea how long my drinking has been. 
uh, got some good food, actual barbecue. It's pretty yeah. pretty tasty. Has to be expected. <laughs> and uh, then then came back up here. I ended up with the whole week off from work, so I had time to recover. Ish. And then <laughs> the last two days happened. They happened with Chris and Brittany. So I looked. <laughs> oh, oh, real quick before I go in there, there is a dumb law. There's a the there yes. are dumb things that happened, and I I've been holding on to a couple of these. So they have in Asheville. Apparently, they can't sell. They can't sell liquor in grocery stores. Fine. Okay. Uh, they had a workaround for it, which was dumb. So because my friends like pulled it like here, this is a thing they serve. And they pulled me out a big gallon jug and it's labeled gin. And I go, why is there so much gin? <laughs> and I look closer. It was uh, wine that had been flavored <gasps> to gin. Oh. oh, yeah. No, it was not good. It oh, was what on earth? they had this for all kinds of liquor. They had a whiskey. They had... Now, my, my friends did not have this, but they sell those in stores. Wait, I, so I saw like whiskey flavored wine. Yes. That's disgusting. Yes. Asheville uh, just lost big points. Well, I think it's like just a general North Carolina thing. I don't know if it's necessarily just why uh, why or haven't we done a tasting of this? I was afraid to buy it. I thought it would kill me on the drive. Not that I would drink it and die. That it would leap out of my <laughs> backseat of my car and strangle me. The fumes uh, would suffocate him. But then the other, the other thing was that there, I, I was telling like, oh yeah, I'll just stop by the the ABC, the you know, the liquor store that's over there, and I'll pick up some beer. Oh no, they can't sell beer in liquor stores. <laughs> what? Yeah, you have to go to a grocery store or a beer shop for beer, but you can't. And I went, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, yeah. Those were some of the dumb laws. I've been mean, kind of like, as we talked about it, I went, we've got to do the, the stupid dumb law. liquor. Yeah, dumb yeah, liquor Yeah, we really law. have to do that episode. All right, so then then you joined us up here. Uh, yeah, so we... She remembers it better. Well, yeah. that's, that may not be wrong. Uh, so uh, we saw, um, we went to Hot Beverages Place of Residence uh, last night. That was last night, yeah. And <laughs> it's been a weird weekend, guys. Uh, and then we saw... Uh, live from her house in concert, and he also did the stream. Mike TV and mm-hmm. uh, Mike TV and uh, Sebastian. Uh, Sebastian was awesome as well. I uh, never yes. even seen anything about him before. I never. I don't get to catch Mike TV stream very often. So yeah, um, uh, I've seen him a few times on there. So I, okay. I was like, oh yeah, I've heard him. But, <laughs> that guy. But and my, we got it. my we... memory wasn't strong. Yeah. Well, I imagine, yeah. Uh, we basically we brought beer over to there uh, last night, and um, it got destroyed. There was like what a can left. I'm sure it got <laughs> drank too. But anyone who doesn't know, uh, Mike TV is of uh, Get Set Go fame. Yes. So uh, yes. You kind of indie look- music, and and it's most of his stuff. Um, I say most. I mean, there's some some they that bore don't match into it. your brain. And it well, will be yeah. stuck in there. You will have this <laughs> melody for days. I was going to say, most of it is like more an upbeat sounding tune, but the lyrics you have to have to listen to. Very dark. <laughs> to, yeah. and you're like, wait, what? Uh, and, and then there's some like, you know, regular songs that are just like slow songs or like you just make you think. Um, I was going to say, I also got these from Emily. Made oh, me yeah. feel so official. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the refrigerator magnets. But yeah, it was it was a really fun time. Um, there were There weren't a lot of us there. In the, in the house, which actually kind of works out because there wasn't a ton mm. of room, but they had, because they, they had to set up everything for their stream. He, like, he had his laptop out and the <sighs> webcam and the whole nine, plus the, the two guitars. And, um, so, but it, it, it was really fun. There was a lot of, like, 
songs that we got to like kind of sing along to. We like, we had our mm-hmm. parts to do, you know. And uh, the the stream part was funny because I'm not used to all his stream sounds. <laughs> yes, they're great. And the first one was like. It, it sounded, I was like, oh God, there's an ambulance outside. It's totally getting in the way of, oh, that's his stream. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was. I forgot a, about it the first couple times I heard it and I went. Because it's the yeah. fire truck thing because the, yeah. the, the yeah. song was. I want to grow up to be a fire truck. I want to grow up to be a fire truck. Uh, and then um, <laughs> the cat bomb, which was fun. Cause, and they would work it in with the song because then it, you'd wait for the explosion part at the end of the cat meow and then they'd finish. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, you can, uh, actually catch Mike. Uh, he's still on tour right now. He's, he's on his way up to New York. Uh, tonight he's in Pittsburgh. Uh, mm. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's attempting going to, Europe. to, yeah, the goal is he's going to be able to get to Europe and he's spending like a month there. So you can actually catch him. I think he's streaming most nights. Uh, but he's on twitch.tv slash Mike TV live. That's just no underscores or anything. All one word. And then, uh, you can see actually the performance from last night that we were at on his stream as well um it of course it, twitch it says, saves those videos so it's just titled live from hot beverages <laughs> yeah yeah um but it, live it was, from hot beverages it's friday night <laughs> <laughs> but we were we were there so like it was the latest i've stayed up in a while like it was by the time we got back to our apartment it was about 2 a.m and so we were all just like oh god no uh and then uh husband and bob got up for a beer release <laughs> yeah we uh, went down to urban artifact for a variant release and uh it was probably one of the best line shares i've ever been in people oh pulled out it all was the stuff an embarrassment of riches <laughs> they were like all these vintages of dark lord were brought out someone had a 2013 yeah 2013 dark lord yeah 2013 oh. and 2017 and they're like so let's do one that's a year and do one that's five years the five years is delicious hmm. the one year was still pretty uh soy saucy <laughs> but i mean again they recommend four to five years before you drink it yeah. you need to sit on it and it is awesome then i'd only ever had it fresh prior to that and right. that it painted a bad picture for me of that beer but yeah if you, yeah. If you have the patience yeah you'll hatch you'll hatch a gem out of that and uh, just all kinds of amazing stuff floating around that line and had a good time yeah oh lord I'm also exhausted as a result of that, though. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, there's a lot of drinking this weekend. <laughs> had a quick nap, and then we had to start getting ready for this. Yeah. Right in. All right. Um, <laughs> as far as actual announcements for the show are concerned, um, we're going to be live again ne- uh, next Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, and we will be talking about mead. Ah, mead. <laughs> oh, that's a topic that, that is taking the F off. Like, that is something that people are almost more excited about mead now than they are craft beer. I have a mead fermenting downstairs right now. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, and I won't be there for that episode, unfortunately. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It'll be another weird week in which we like all four of us aren't together. Yeah, I'll be um, in Nashville, so that's a, that's that's a that's a yeah, good thing. Like, uh, needed to thing. coordinate our trip. Casey. <laughs> Everyone's going down, but the two of us. Uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. baby, because yeah. <laughs> money. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, so you're that's... welcome to come with me, Chris, anytime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be August 4th. So that should be fun. Cause every time we, we bring up some of these, I'm like, oh yeah, we haven't done an episode on that. That's so weird. I don't know why. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, oh, we've clearly done a million episodes by now or whatever. Um, okay. Next up, we actually, uh, since last Saturday we, we recorded so early, we didn't have the updated movie draft. This time we do. <laughs> we're in the lead. <laughs> so, uh, let's <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Probably not, but. 
Welcome to your BT Movie Draft Minute, presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of July 23rd, 2018. I'm your host, Big Boy Shay. Today, I changed my bank password to incorrect. That way, when I forget it, it always reminds me. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that out loud. Okay, forget what I said, and let's go to the scoreboard. Team Walking Drunk is in last place with $332.3 million. Team Game Night is in fifth place with $454.5 million. Team Ritual Misery is in third place thanks to a $23 million debut from Mission Impossible Fallout, bringing their total to $514.3 million. Team Devon Squad is in third place with $668.7 million. Team Have a Drink is in second place with $756.7 million. And way atop on first place, it's Team Movie Party with $1 billion and $3.1 million. That's your Movie Draft Minute. All totals are accurate as of July 28, 2018. We are not even catching up. No, no. no, no. Crazy Rich Asians is going to make a billion dollars. Oh, my gosh. We needed to make at least $500 million, so... uh, (laughs) It's... We are not. It better to... be a breakaway hit. Yeah, he's right like, now, oh, one billion bubble, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> We're gonna struggle to hold second. I have a feeling. Uh, no. Probably gonna lose second. We, I don't know. We might be safe on on second, but so I don't know. Crazy Rich Asians is putting the cash into advertisement. Uh, I have faith oh, yeah. in it all. That's I've seen a crap ton of ads for it on Instagram. They're they're playing prime time on ABC, NBC, like middle of the the prime time six to to 10 market so they are expecting to, to make it back a little bit of money at least man i think but i think it's like given, doubling down on the on the terrible bet we yeah, yeah. I, I think like given how far from first we are in 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 the sales or whatever uh it uh, crazy rich asians may just help keep us at second you know with the money it makes because Shh. yeah <laughs> No, you may be right, but one have faith. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, I think we have news. <laughs> Blue Moon Creator quietly launches high-end focused beer brand in Colorado. So, mm-hmm. uh, Blue Moon inventor Keith Villa, uh, who retired from Miller Coors in January. Villain. <laughs> Villa. Yeah. Keith Villa. Who retired from Miller Coors in January after a storied 32 year career is leaving the beer business, isn't leaving the beer business after all. Much of the press following his departure from the country's second largest beer company centered around the launch of Seria Beverages, a startup focused on releasing a line of non alcoholic craft beers containing THC. (laughs) At the same time, however, uh, Villa and his wife, Jody, had quietly launched Donovan Brewing Company in their hometown of Arvada, Colorado. Hmm. Hey. Uh, Villa, who I think is... we know somebody or know of someone in Arvada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, we do. Sorry, I was like, why are we reacting? I don't know this thing. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Villa, who is uh, dedicating most of his time to building and launching the Seria Beverages brand of THC-infused offerings, will initially serve as Donovan's brewmaster while teaching his 25-year-old daughter, uh, Catherine Villa, the ins and outs of the brewing business. A six-month non-compete clause, which barred him from working for competing breweries uh, with more than 1% of the beer market, expired on July 5th, he told Brewbound. <laughs> of course. Of course it did, yeah. 
what I'm what I'm doing is I'm trying to pass on some of my knowledge in brewing and how to create beers uh, to her so she can uh, take that and run Donovan and create some fantastic beers that we'll all be proud of. <laughs> Sounds like you're just like, so where, where have we seen this before? I mean, Bell's. Uh-huh. Yeah, but this actually sounds like she wants to do it, <laughs> as opposed to like Laura Bell, who was just like, mm, I it guess. was like, oh, I want to finally spend time with my dad, and then she's like, no, I don't like this. That's like, oh yeah, that's right, dad's a dick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mr. Villa, along with Jody, who will serve as Donovan's president, said they would help guide Catherine before handing over the reins. Uh, this will be Catherine's show because Jody and I are focused on Saria. Yeah, that. I almost want to say this sounds... I, I have no idea, like, her background into brewing. Are they literally teaching her the basics? Or is it? are they just dropping her in, like, oh, happy 25th birthday, here's a brewery? <laughs> um, I don't know. It does mention that she has a marketing degree, which is interesting. No. Well, they've got... Oh, no, that's a different daughter. Got, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, she has a mechanical engineering degree from oh. the University of Colorado. Okay, Boulder. that actually makes more sense for the brewery And thing. she's going to serve as, as manager of operations, yep. while their other daughter, uh, who is 21, as uh, a marketing student at University of Colorado and mm. will occasionally help with social media initiatives. That well, makes sense. It will be cool so they've to got see, a whole family team going. Yeah, like the whole thing is going to be a family team, which will be really, really cool and tight for them. <laughs> huh. uh, Amon... The Brewbound ad has overlapped the third person's face, so you can't see. <laughs> you can't see who who these oh. folks are. Uh, the Villas <laughs> plan to focus on high end offerings, including wine beer hybrids and Grand Crus, while also releasing Mexican style lagers, amber ales, and other more traditional beer styles. Hmm. I don't know about the wine beer hybrids. Uh, my philosophy being a brewer of 32 years, there's always room for another high-end, high-quality brewer. That's from Villa. Is there? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a fantastic question, which everyone's asking. Is there still room for this kind of stuff? Because it's like Cincinnati, the market's, I mean, 60 breweries. And we were discussing that in line today. It's like, do you even bother trying to open if you're in a market that crowded? Oh, God, no. If your doors are not already open, do you even bother? Pick a new place. Yeah. Go somewhere. Where Branch got, out into Kentucky, for crying out loud. you got no competition. <laughs> Move somewhere else. Um, yeah, Kentucky, I mean, in total, I think we've got less than 20 brewers in the whole state. So Yeah. Mm. Uh, the Villas estimate they have invested six figures plus to launch Donovan Brewing, which is named for Jody's father, Donovan Nelson, who worked at Coors for 21 years and died in 2017. Uh, the Villas purchased Jody's childhood home from her father's estate last year and began transforming the old garage and office space on the property into a state-of-the-art two-barrel brewery. Hmm. So, okay, this thing isn't, oh. isn't huge. Okay, They're just but making wait. the beer. Not, it's not a place to go. Six figures for a two-barrel brewery? Or seven figures. Six or seven? Six, six figures. Okay, six, six is okay. Plus. Six is okay. I was thinking million. When they said six figures, I was thinking million. But okay, six is about right. Yeah, for all the equipment and, and the labeling. Easy, yeah. And the, yeah. Although yeah. it's uh, two barrel, we have everything that a big brewery has. Uh, we have all stainless steel tanks. We've got a great mill. We've got a lab. We've got glycol chillers. So we can actually cool things down and make fantastic lagers. Hmm. 
Yeah, this is going to be smaller than the the pilot system at the big brewers. Yeah, yeah. really. Uh, the minute we got approval for the state of Colorado, which should be any day, that's when we're going to take uh, take our first kegs out, and Catherine will make the deliveries. Oh, all right. Ooh, ooh. Take our first kegs out. Yeah. So they've started brewing. They are already yes. brewing. They're yeah. waiting to get <laughs> before they sell. They're they're brewing in the anticipation for the. Okay. The license. So if they said if they got denied oh. for some odd reason, they'd just be sitting oh. there with kegs ready to go. And Essentially a homebrew at that point. Nowhere to take them. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that actually. So that's interesting. So it makes huh. sense for a brewery to open up a tap room and to have an immediate cash flow. This is from Villa. Mm-hmm. We're in a situation where we don't really need that right now. So we've told some of our uh, potential customers that we won't have a tap room. And that their establishments are front and center of our attention. Mm. And a lot of them are very happy with that. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Start off small mm. and, and rather than risking a lot. That's, I mean, that's well, really the old, I guess that's the model he's used to is one way to look at it. He's not used to operating a tap room and that yeah. being you're, you know, face to face with your customers there. He's used to a model with from Blue Moon as yeah. it's going out. <laughs> I can tell you right now that the the model of a two barrel system without a tap room is not a profitable model. Right. Oh, there's no way because you're just so, sending it out to local businesses and like restaurants and whatever, hoping because they've got to sell it by the pint there. Yeah. Well, you yeah, you sell you a two barrel system and think of a keg as a half of a barrel. It takes you six hours to make four kegs that you're selling for a hundred and say say you're you're high end on the price and say you're selling those full kegs for let's call it 180 bucks or let's call it an even 200. You've worked during that time you've worked and put six hours work in plus your ingredients plus your your rent and utilities and everything that goes into that for 800 dollars that you still have to deliver for free basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and and the kegs that you're delivering in them cost you hundred bucks a piece. So it's it's not a profitable model when you're making pennies on the pint. And you're already yeah. six figures in on this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So it's did they just like start a, try and start a hobby? This for is a daughters? hobby brewery if you're selling it loud like that. Now the only thing that I could think is they've done this two barrel brew house to say, hey girl let's see what you can do go ahead and prove to us that you're actually willing to work for this and if you do we'll go ahead and open up this will be your pilot house and we'll open up a a 30 barrel brew house yeah in a year or two that's true i mean that's that's what i was looking at it as like it's testing grounds yeah that may be the only way that they really are able to it won't be profitable though until they they do the the high-end brew house i don't think they're really that worried about the money right now (laughs) But yeah, uh, some cool things happening there, and hey, you want some more news? Well, we do an entire news show! Mm-hmm. So if you want to go catch that out, uh, this week we had some really fun ones we were talking about in there, so you should go check out Have a Drink News. Alright, and uh, we do have one untapped badge to talk about this week. Get riggedy, riggedy, Alright, well, we've got... The slow and steady wins the race. The name of the badge. Uh, Vedette, is that right? I think so. You do you. 
<laughs> I was just wondering if anybody else was familiar with it. Yeah, I know. I, I, I hadn't seen it before. We've got to get that new sounder. We, that's all we got to get from... No, the thing from uh, I, I Beer know. Fest, whenever they can't oh. say their guide's name, and they, they're like, Mr. Speedo Spackle. <laughs> Mr. Slappy Beaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Vidit uh, Session IPA from Duvel Mortig. Mortgit. Oh. It's a low alcohol but high in flavor with an intense aroma of citrus pine resin uh, and a golden, uh, slightly colored, cloudy appearance with a refreshing, bitter flavor. There's no reason to settle for anything less. Distinctly hoppy after taste beckons you for more. Since it's, oh, pardon. Since it's just 2.7% ABV, there's nothing wrong stopping you either because slow and steady wins the race. Do you read that? Do you read that again? The... ABV yeah. 2.7% ABV. 2.7%. So you talk yes. here. <laughs> they call this an extra session IPA. Extra session. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So you have the drink like never four 12 packs to get a buzz. Uh, well, you know, they can sell it in Utah. Uh, available between... <laughs> it's lower than 3-2, yes. <laughs> it's available between uh, July 27th and August 27th. You can unlock three different levels the all-new Vedit Session uh, IPA badge. Uh, you get your first taste by checking into one uh, Vedit Session IPA, and you'll earn the Beginner Badge. Uh, I'm just tired of saying the name, but yeah. <laughs> uh, check into a total of three, and you'll unlock the Session IPA Pro, uh, and then wrap up your tasty journey with a total of five and still not be drunk. Uh, you'll <laughs> move on to the, the Vedit Session IPA Expert Badge, and you... Uh, don't need to unlock all three in the same session, as these badges will be available for 30 days. I mean, you probably could, though. <laughs> That's well, weak. Uh, I so, just found the worst website in the world for... <laughs> I just went to it, too. Uh, trying to select your country? Yeah. There is, like, you literally have to look at every single flag to try to find the U.S. flag. It's oh. like, uh, well, where's Waldo? Oh, I, I don't have that at all. Okay, so you're not on the... the... V-E-T-T-T oh no, that's website? terrible. Oh, I am, but I said, "Are you 21?" Oh. I said, "Yes," and then it says, "Where are you from?" UK. Now, I could go over rest here and press the, the UK. Oh, see, I just I hit the button that... that said "Rest of the World," and then it it moved on. Oh, rest of the world. Yeah. So you don't else. have to actually click your flag. No. I was looking for a flag no, in no. that. Yeah. If you if you hit "Rest of the World," then it just moves on. All right. I think that it's kind of makes a, fun a little website. more sense. It's not amazing, but it's kind of fun. Uh, sure. I wanted to uh, know where to buy it. I know that's what I was looking up, and I was, I, I was like, I'm uh, sure. But you know what? This website seems really familiar. I wonder if we've talked about a badge from them before. I don't Maybe. think so. It reminds me of the um, Little King's website. I think it's what <laughs> I'm really thinking of. Maybe. Hmm. All right. It well, is pale. <laughs> All right. If you guys like to add us on Untapped, uh, I am Walker X42. I am Wanyam. I am at Casey Price. I'm Spiced and Hoppy. And uh, we have a topic to get into. We're not that drunk. Cheeky bastards. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. We're not that drunk. Look, that's a solid lie today. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, not anymore, but... <laughs> He's working on it again. I'm trying. Uh, 
pretty sure I woke up still drunk. So that's nice. that was fun. Uh, oh. Anyway, Rogue uh, Ales was founded in Ashland, Oregon in 1988 by three Nike uh, executives, Jack Joyce, Rob Strasser, and Bob Woodle. Uh, 1987, uh, Jack Joyce, Bob Woodle, uh, past U of O fraternity brothers, and another friend, Rob Strasser, were approached by Jeff Schlutz, okay, <laughs> Bob's accountant and avid home brewer, and he had the, uh, had the idea to start a new brew pub. Sorry, I heard someone laugh. <laughs> you know, accountant and brewer, he was a heck of a guy. <laughs> He's what you want it when you're starting up the company. <laughs> he really is, actually. <laughs> you, you want that guy to be there. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, I've got this beer. Also, I'll crunch the numbers. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll keep the feds off your back. I'm going to show you how to launder your money. <laughs> uh, that's uh, Rogue this whole time has just been a large laundry uh, group. <laughs> yeah. Uh, construction began uh, in June of 1988 in Ashland along a very scenic little stream called Lithia Creek. Sure. Lithia Creek? Uh, the 10 barrel brew system was set up in the basement it, with a uh, in the basement with a 60 seat pub above. The first brews were American Amber, Oregon Gold Ale, and Shakespeare Stout. Mm, so that's, the, that one's been around a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the brewery and pub opened in October 1988 and to moderate success, and soon Jack started looking to expand. In February 1989, Jack wandered into Newport and went all the way to, to Kentucky, guys. Uh, no, Newport, Oregon, uh, in search of the perfect place for another rogue pub. Legend has it that a terrible, unusual snowstorm struck, and Jack found himself stranded in the historic bayfront with no way up the hill. He was forced to walk the street until he met up with uh, Mohav Nemi? Mojave Nemi. Mojave Nemi. Sure. Founder of the famous Moe's Clam Chowder. Oh. Let me put this out there. Okay. Lithia Creek. Named so because of the lithia water or the lithium oxide deposits. Okay. I was going to so say, named for batteries. <laughs> uh, a high content of lithium um, discovered in 1911. Um, situated next to the most lithium-loaded spring water other than New York's Saratoga Springs. Wow. wow. Lithium, uh, water sources high in lithium, show that near that, that area have lower rates of mental illness. Mm. Hmm. So drinking rogue beers will help <laughs> keep mental that illness was, away. You know, I was hoping that maybe this beer may have been made with that, that free-range water they talk about all the time. Oh. Um, it would be great if it were lithium springs water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, she took him to the original Moe's restaurant, gave him a bowl of hot clam chowder, and told him about her dream of living above a bar and how she might just have the perfect spot for the next rogue brew pub. <laughs> the large building sported three full-time apartments upstairs, a sweater shop, an art gallery, and 1,100 square foot of empty storefront and around 800 square foot of uh, garage that is currently being used to store that was currently being used to store antique cars. Mm-hmm. Mo offered vacant, vacant space and the garage to Jack at a very generous price under two stipulations that a picture of Mo herself naked in a bathtub <laughs> be forever displayed uh, be forever displayed at the pub. Uh, it is still there today, just to the left of the bar, and 
uh, that Rogue feed the fish, uh, fishermen, meaning that Rogue gives back to the local community. This building uh, was known as the Front and Case Building in February. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I sent Brittany that, uh, that, <laughs> that photo picture. of the naked Jeez. Oh, I saw it on lady. the website, yeah. If you, if you wanted to post it on the stream, <laughs> I think we're safe. Yeah, you, you don't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like one of those pictures that would be up at um, Buka. Yeah, it's you know, so the old Italian odd. family like, pictures. Why the hell did, like, what was with that stipulation? He's like, no, you gotta have a picture of me naked in the tub. <laughs> what? Oh, this is what gets you arrested nowadays. Yeah. Um, she was enticing me to, to build her, sh- her shop here. I don't know what was going on. Well, in February 1989, construction began on the Bayfront Brew Pub, make, uh, making this a step up in the world by going from a basement in Ashland to a garage in Newport. Holes had to be cut in the roof to allow uh, placement of the brew system and fermentation tanks. The front of the house was also being readied. The back bar uh, was originally from the old uh, Elk Tavern in March 1989. John Mayer? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Not spelled like the singer. Yeah, not but, the same dude. but uh, Or was it? I mean, maybe he's <laughs> just been a... Anyway, John Mayer joins Rogue. Uh, John was a former Hughes Aircraft F-15 uh, designer and Siebel Institute graduate. John uh, returns to Oregon after a stint in Alaska brewing. Yep, there's the picture. Uh, <laughs> sorry, if there's a l- little delay, I'm just now seeing it on our stream. <laughs> I just put uh, it up, so. Indeed. Um, the pub opens in May of 1989 with a small but enthusiastic customer base made up of curious locals who dropped by to see what was going on and never left. Many joined and helped with the construction and other projects as needed. Uh, many of the names of the early customers have uh, have been immortalized with brass plaques that grace the bar today. I'm sure they that were, was pretty cool. They were probably paid in lots of beer. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, one of the most notable of these future customers was Chuck Lindquist. Uh, he was retired, was a home brewer, and had an interest in microbrews. Uh, he was also bored and wanted something to do. So he wanted to be useful. Like, in retirement, you need yeah. to find something else to drive you. Uh, Rogue considers him one of our first employees. His handiwork is still visible at the pub. The shelves that line the bar area, uh, the light sconces, as well as the memorabilia on the shelf above Moe's picture that Chuck brought back from Europe. Hmm. Uh, Rogue uses proprietary yeast for their production. Uh, it is nicknamed the Pac-Man or San Diego Super Yeast. The yeast ferments clean and especially fast. The low diacetyl and ester content of the yeast pr- uh, product means that you can ferment from 55 to 70 degrees Fahrenheit without any off flavors uh, you would normally get with other yeasts. It is aggressive and can chew through a beer more quickly than other yeasts on the market. Goodness. Uh, Rogue. And you can buy it. It is oh. readily available by multiple yeast uh, sources. Hmm. So if you wanted to use the Rogue yeast, you can get pretty much the exact same genetic content by talking to White Labs or White Yeast. Oh. Huh. Yep. Uh, Rogue's attachment to the locally grown was shown when they took nine hairs from the beard of their head brewer, this is a very famous uh, incident, yeah. John Mayer, to cultivate his very own yeast. 
Mayer took nine hairs from his beard, which he says hasn't he hasn't shaved since 1978, and sent them to a lab in California for testing. Uh, this is what was said in uh, the Scientist magazine. So brewer's yeast, mostly in the Saccharomyces genus, looks like creamy white shiny circles. And when... Oh, this just sounds kind of so wrong. And when scooped, has the consistency of butter. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Then researchers cultured the yeast to see if it would actively ferment. The beard hair's yeast uh, surprisingly performed like a hybrid between the brewery's housed yeast strain called Pac-Man yeast, uh, which used which is used to make most rogales and a wild yeast. The interesting part about the story is they looked everywhere in the brewery. Like, they took swabs off the walls. They took swabs off of various different uh, uh, pieces of equipment. And and they, they went all over inside and outside the brewery. But at the end of the day, this was the really the only viable yeast because a brewery is supposed to keep things very clean. <laughs> they couldn't hardly find other yeasts other than just the exact same strain that they had always been using. Mm-hmm. So the the beard yeast was the only yeast strain that was really viable when they went and did this study. So weird. Well, the thought of drinking some guy's beard might not <laughs> inspire cravings for a cold bottle. Scientists point out that most fermenting species of yeast are found on animals, insects, and rotting fruit. So cultivating yeast from a person's body... Might not uh, be that far-fetched after all. Uh, Rogel's released its beard brew, dubbed New Crustacean, a barley wine style, or I think it's like barley wine-ish style, and said, uh, (laughs) we want to let the yeast be the star of the show. That one is, I can't remember, we had that one when we were out in Oregon. Yeah. And I thought, I liked it. But they've also got just like a beard brew. Like they, I guess they started doing other beers with that yeast because I've seen it. It's just got a picture of their head brewer on it, and it's just called uh, like beard brew or something like that. Yeah, I remember that one. Beard beer or something. Um. Hmm. All right. Well, so at this time, Rogue has ten different breweries and brew pubs. They all follow a few different business and people focused credos to help the or- guide the organization. The Rogue's mission is. Uh, to brew the finest, finest varietals, good lord, the finest varietal ales and spirits in the world with an uncompromising devotion to quality and the art of brewing. To present the finished work with a touch of educational, entertaining mischief. <laughs> to be dedicated to the rogue in each of us. To remember it's not simply a matter of profit, but a highly personal work of art. To build relationships, not just ales. To be like great friends and remember it's what's inside that counts. Rogue has a fundamental agreement or creed that guides the brewery and business operations. These six statements are the way ahead is clear. Be honest about the battlefield. Throw out the old rules that don't make sense. Get out of the comfort zone. Go to the front of the fight and stay there. And most important, cut out all the BS. They have behavior principles based on the fundamental agreement they call the rogue way. This includes five rules. Listen generously, speak straight, be there for each other, honor commitments, and give acknowledgement and appreciation. None of this sounds like any of the rogues I've ever played in D&D. <laughs> so right. this is, are these just lifted like straight from the PowerPoint, the show New Hires? Because that's what I feel like this is. It's all on their website, the, I think. 
Yeah, it's straight on their website of what it their, their values and beliefs are. They've, they've got to show it to new hires. Yeah. Uh, so although Rogue has these guiding principles, they are not immune to controversy. Speaking of hires. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, mm. and, and oddly enough, one of the few places you can find this is the wiki page that was very helpful. Rogue has come under fire for union-busting tactics at their Newport Brewery and are well-known throughout the region for paying their employees low wages. The company once advertised for hiring an IT manager while saying, We'll work your behind off, yet this is not a 50k position. If you need that kind of money, please don't apply, as that'll waste a lot of time. You will not convince us. (laughs) That was literally what it said. Uh, Rogues, Eugene they actually hired that position. No, they, oh, of course they, they had to have. Uh, <laughs> Rogues, Eugene Public House and Track tra- Track Town Brewery was shut down in 2014 with a similar reputation. The quote: "The atmosphere combined with Rogues' cheapskate management tactics to finally wear away the glossy veneer of rebellion that enchanted locals, tourists, and brewers alike," said the editor of Northwest Brewing News in a report about the closing of the facility. Rogue reportedly refused to let the brewers have an assistant, and some brewers were forced to carry heavy loads and even spend their own money to make the brew they wanted to produce while working within the company's dollar-per-keg budget limits. When asked about company, or complaints from employees and ex-employees about the company's business practices in an interview in t- July 2015, company president Brett Joyce said, the key terms are ex-employees and disgruntled employees. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't help. Like, they, they've they had a lot of bad publicity for um, their business practices. And it, it seems like they just kind of don't give a crap. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm still wondering how they're still so, like, successful, I guess. That's more like the road you've played. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they, they, they. I'm assuming it's just because a lot of people don't don't pay that much attention to it outside of. Yeah, if you're not yeah. the one applying for the job, I guess you're. Just yeah, like, if you're hey. not working in the industry, you're True. not paying a lot of attention to that. Yeah. All right, so the top beers according to Untapped that uh, Rogue is putting out. So these are going to be some of those that are a little bit more easy to get a hold of, probably. And most uh, first on that list. Yeah. I don't know. Should we go bottom to top? That's that's the way listicles usually go, right? Oh, that's true. I could do yeah. it that way. Sure. Um, last on that list is the double chocolate stout in the that's signature red bottle. Um, yeah, number ten. I guess it's not really last. Double chocolate stouts is uh, made with Dutch bittersweet chocolate. Mm. Um, it won best of the Northwest region at the U.S. Beer Tasting Championship this year. Um, World Beer Championships. It's won silver and gold previously in in past years um that beer is coming in with a lot of the risk and dare malts uh pretty much everything that rogue makes will use two row and risk and dare which are their own house made uh, malts we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a minute mm-hmm. and everything that they've got it will probably come with the pac-man yeast or at least that or the beard yeast and free range coastal water which so you said Pac-Man yeast? No, I'm just thinking it's baka 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 baka. That's one way to put it. Um, that's I think that's the yeah because it's just it eats the yeah. sugars just like that. It, it eats them up. Uh, 8.7 ABV, 50 IBUs, and very dark on this beer. 
Next on this list is the Cold Brew IPA. So on that Cold Brew IPA, it does have that very rich uh, coffee, Cold Brew coffee flavor. Um, this one hasn't been out maybe two years, something like that. Mm-hmm. I um, love that seven point- one. <laughs> Cold Brew IPA is a hoppy IPA infused with 200 gallons of Stump Town's Coffee Roasters famous Cold Brew coffee in every batch. Brewed to awaken all your senses, Cold Brew opens with a huge hit of coffee aroma, balanced by a not-so-subtle hop punch. Um, again, cold brew coffee and then all the previous ingredients along with a few, um, few additional hop varieties in there to make this IPA sort of that more West coasty IPA with this, this additional stuff in. Then whenever we move from, there's my beers, uh, we move from that one up to Santa's private reserve. And I actually (laughs) didn't see this one whenever I was looking back. I've seen that one on shelves and I've somehow yet to grab it. Uh, it's kind of interesting that it's in that top list and it's something that I don't think I've used or seen before. Um, it's going to be a 5.3% AVB winter style beer. Um, it's, uh, I don't see a whole lot of information on that one at all, actually on, uh, do we use BA root beer advocate? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. It's got some info on there. Actually. I always forget. You can remember which one was the bad one, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do that. <laughs> 3.74 out of 5 rating on that site. Next on this list is the Shakespeare Oatmeal Stout. Now, that's a classic from Rogue. Yeah. Uh, again, um, on the – oh, here's the Santa's Private Reserve. Sorry. Um, that one's coming in 7.8% ABV, actually. Not the – whatever BA said. Um, special L of Santa's Choice. In 2017, it was a Belgian dark L with raspberries and cherries last year. Oh. So we'll see what happens this year. That's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I love oh. the label on that one. <laughs> And on that one is the Imperial Gnome Yeast. And I do not know what that is, but maybe the Gnarly Gnome can tell us. <laughs> Shakespeare's Oatmeal Stout. So with the Shakespeare's Oatmeal Stout, of course, it's going to have that super creamy flavor that's coming in there. Again, big beer sells for them coming out of that beer. It's going to be 5.8 ABV, 60 IBUs, another dark beer Uh that it was originally found. So this on the bottle, it says some don't know that Rogue was originally founded in Asheville or Ashland because, you know, everybody's now going to to some of the other locations when they're thinking about um, about their uh, their beers from Rogue. But or- that Southern Oregon college town is home to the world renowned Oregon Shakespeare Festival. So that's where this beer gets its name. Mm. All right. It was also one of the I think it was, says it's one of the original first three beers when the the. Uh, Pub yeah. opened in nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty eight. It is a great beer, I do have to say. Like Rogue, I don't, I don't know what most people think of when they think of Rogue. Like what comes to mind? Mine are stouts, just mm, all yeah. the stouts and the hazelnut. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, with next up on this list is the five point eight percent ABV chocolate stout mm-hmm. from Rogue. Uh, 69 IBUs. So still, they keep it up there with the uh, yeah. with the IBUs, most of these beers. Gold award winner for 2015, 2016, and 2017 in the World Beer Championships. Goodness. So really good, <laughs> really good on that side. Um, I'm just trying to check and see. I did not see any uh, lactose in this, but it did win the Best Sweet or Milk Stout Award <laughs> at the World Beer Awards. So. Yeah. Right. Goes to show you don't have to always follow the directions. Again, that's <laughs> like we always like to say. You know, PBR is <laughs> yeah. constantly in a new category and winning yep. something. 
Next up is Mocha Porter, 5.6 ABV, 47 IBUs, a ruddy brown in color, bittersweet balance of malt, hops, yet a surprisingly light and refreshing taste, especially with that 47 IBUs. That's refreshing, right? <laughs> Better than 69 or whatever. So. <laughs> yeah. um, it does have some uh, kilned coffee in this one. So you're looking at mm. sort of that chocolate and coffee flavor in that Mocha Porter. Number four on the list is the Brutal IPA. Chris? Brutal IPA. That was the one that I've, uh, I actually almost picked up today. That is the Rogue Nation beer. Ah. And so the official beer of Rogue Nation coming in at 6.18 IBV, or ABV, 46 IBUs. Official brew of Rogue Nation, a non traditional India Pale Ale with big citrusy hop flavor and intense hop aroma, medium bodied with vibrant, lingering hop bitterness that is anything but brutal. On that one, you're going to find alluvial hops, one of the, the hops grown at Rogue Farms. Ah, oh. oh, the elusive Rogue Farms. Indeed. Number they three. Lose them a lot. They just go off on their own. <laughs> <laughs> Number three on the list, you're coming in on some of these uh, multiple hop IPAs. So you're getting in on the seven hop IPA. So the seven hop IPA is comes in at 7.77 ABV, of course. <laughs> 76 IBUs, but it's probably going to be 77 is what they really want to make it. I don't know why they didn't make it 77. Uh, in collaboration with Mother Nature, we grow our own varieties of aroma hops at Rogue Farms in Independence, Oregon. We also string, stake, and train, trim, test, separate, sort, kiln, and cool them. So all the processes. Yeah. Uh, so there are seven varieties of hops in this um, in this. Uh, thing uh, the, the beer here and okay here they are liberty newport revolution rebel independent freedom and alluvial those are your seven hops that come in there and i'm pretty sure all seven of those are rogue only hops yeah I liberty all liberty and newport may be available everywhere else but but, but rebel and the yeah. all the others are probably their own hops or if they're really dirty about it i don't know if they are or not they could have gotten other hop varieties and just named them something different <laughs> just so people can't replicate what they do yeah i don't even know that i don't know on that one go back and forth on it now <laughs> yeah with all the stuff that we're reading on on the uh the the controversial side uh, next up is the hazelnut brown l i think that one's uh oh, yeah. or hazelnut brown nectar yeah, no, an L with natural hazelnut it's flavors. Real good. This is something <laughs> that I see on a lot of their beers is the with natural flavors. So I'm not real sure what that means. We were trying to figure that out earlier, but from the hazelnut capital of the United States, who knew? Yeah. This nutty twist on a European brown L was originally crafted by the rogue brewmaster John Mayer's good friend and avid homebrewer Chris Stodick. Hazelnut brown nectar offers hazelnut aromas with rich nutty flavors and smooth multi finish. Comes in at 5.6 ABV, 33 IBUs. Comes in also with kilned coffee in there as well as the Revolution in Independent Hops, Hazelnut Extract, and Pac-Man Yeast. And yes, we all get it that we all have a friend who looks like the guy on the Hazelnut Brown (laughs) Nectar bottle. We all have a tall, lanky, bald, kind of bearded guy with glasses in our groups of friends. You don't have to keep posting pictures of a guy that looks remotely like the guy on this bottle. 
Yeah, seems like all their bottles like feature people that those beers are are named after or or designed by or something along those lines. The one that I'm having today, or one of them, has a picture of um, uh, Sebi Sebi Buller, a Rogue Original. So doesn't say a whole lot more about her other than that. But she's on the the cover of that beer. And then of course, this beer I think is one that when you're starting into the beer world. This is this is kind of what you you start stepping into that world with. And that's Dead Guy L. So it's a German Maybach, hmm. which is interesting because a Maybach is usually a lager, but this one is going to use their proprietary Pac-Man yeast, which is a, a L yeast. A little different, uh, but it goes to show you that the Pac-Man yeast can be treated like a lager because it's going to be very low in those those additional flavors whenever you ferment it low. Um, it's going to come in with 6.8 ABV and 40 IBUs. It's one of the beers that I was drinking early on in the show. It's not the one that I'm, what I'm drinking today, but I bought a six pack of it because one on its rogue day. And that one's pretty tasty, very well balanced, a little bit of a, a, a good mouthfeel there, a thicker mouthfeel and, and a little bit higher uh, caramel flavor. So, it is really nice. good when you look at the entry level, and that's one of those things always like to talk about and try to do occasionally is go back to you know where we all had our training wheels you want to go back and try a lot of these early beers again after you develop your palate and the things that you missed originally that you weren't picking <laughs> and, up so go back and try fat tire again go back you know try a dead yep. guy ale again now no now that you know it's a mavok brewed with an ale yeast yep yeah and that's sorry no go ahead I was just going to say, uh, the, the one thing, not on the, there's a bajillion beers not on this list, but the one thing, just because it, it combines two of the ones from the list, I just want to mention the Hazelutely Choctabulous. It, <laughs> it is a blend of the chocolate stout and the hazelnut brown nectar. So if this you like was, both of those, I highly recommend finding that at some point. This was a, like inside thing that you could find on forums. People had like the exact blend. That's all it is, is it's a blend of those two beers. And it's like sixty forty, yeah. And that's like even when you find it pre-bottled in the Hazelutely Choctabulous, it even says on that bottle it tells you the exact amounts of the two beers that you need to mix. They're like, that's all this is. But everyone's been doing it forever at the public houses, and uh, they love it because it's delicious. <laughs> um, also on this list is the straight out of Newport beer. And I put that uh, it's not on this list or on my list, I guess, whenever we're talking about these these others, I put it out there because it is the first West Coast IPA that Rogue put out and it didn't get released until the late 2000 teens. <laughs> so for a West Coast brewery to not be putting out West Coast IPAs pretty That's, much their entire career, they yeah. seem to have done it in response to New England IPAs because it came out. It looks like a New England IPA can. They're mm -hmm. they're trying to make it look and sound like it's making some kind of '90s hip hop reference. It's coming in the big tall boy cans, everything about it. But they're like, no, this is a West Coast IPA, big and West Coast in your face. And it's like, you've never done yep. a West Coast IPA until now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Kind of a different different take on yeah. on their their normal approach. So Rogue is distributed in all 50 states and 54 countries. I remember my first Dead There's Guy L. There's only 54 countries? <laughs> well, and in all 50 states and 54 yeah. of the 
100 and whatever, 200 and something times you throw it out. So I heard it in my head and I went, wait, what? <laughs> also, when I was scrolling through, I thought it said in all 54 states. And I went, did we gain states while I was on vacation? Did I? Absolutely. Uh, well Puerto done, Rico Puerto Rico. Joined up. Yeah. Puerto Rico, Guam. Yeah. Uh, uh, Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands. <laughs> I can I, I can say I do remember my first dead guy L. I remember where I bought it. I remember drinking it first. I thought this beer was the most hoppy beer I'd ever had. <laughs> it would be yeah. the equivalent of me drinking something that's in like the 150 IBUs right now is <laughs> wow. what I was thinking at the time. Um, and I was like, this is the got to be the dead guy because it's the most hoppy thing you can get. It's going to kill you. <laughs> oh, how my tastes have changed. Seriously. Oh, how little did we know when we started? I, I do like the dead guy ale, though. It seems like that's always, or not always, but it's often an option when there aren't a lot of other good options on, on, a, on a menu yeah. somewhere. And I'm like, yeah, I'll have that one. That's hey, fine. Can we say the rebranding of it with the the cans? Those cans are slick looking. Like, they mm-hmm. look sexy on what a shelf. It? Oh, they're good. Like, this matte black with a glossy... Because it's just like solid black, and all you have is the dead guy uh, logo, and then the text just says "dead guy L." That is it. Hmm. Oh yeah, that is nice. They kind of match up with the bottles now too, but that is that's a nice matte black. Black, yeah. I like that. Matte black. Um, just as a as a side note, because we didn't really touch on it a whole oh. lot. Uh, well, we've 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 hit it, but we haven't explained it. Um, Rogue does have their own farms where they grow basically more than a dozen ingredients for their beer, spirit, cider, and soda. They grow 10 varieties of hops, two varieties of malting barley, and that's the, whenever you look at the side of their their uh, bottles and you see the two different types of malts, you'll see Dare and Risk, their trademark varieties of their hops, or sorry, their, their malted barley. Um, they do a rye, pumpkins, marion belly, berries, jalapenos and they also have bees to make honey um, to add all of the flavors that you're going to see inside of of rogue beers um they do sort of a hop and crop report every year from their own own site so their news is basically like you look down through there oh yeah the whole farm's underwater right now because (laughs) of normal yearly flooding so um it's kind of interesting to see some of the some of the things that go on and and the willamette river it's it's kind of a marketing ploy to some extent because the willamette valley is where you get some of the best hops in the u.s some of the best west coast hops in the u.s so by bragging a little that the Willamette Rivers is flooding our our fields, it's kind of like, oh yeah, we're that close that the river floods our fields. So yeah. it, it's kind of a, a little humble brag there. The Rogue Farm, it is the because when we were out that way, they because they were having some issues in uh, the uh, Portland Brew Pub. And they were like, oh, yeah, why don't you guys just, you know, it's hop harvest when we were out there. And they're like, oh, go, they're like, stop I'm down just... at the uh, at the farm. We didn't have time. We we're on a real tight schedule. But they have a special beer. They do uh, a wet hop, like fresh. Like they bring it straight from the vines. They bring the hops in and they brew a wet IPA hmm. that's only available at the farm during hop harvest. 
That's and then, awesome. That was one of those things, still kicking myself that we couldn't make it over there for the harvest. Yeah, I remember, because I, I remember, like, it's har- harvest time. It's like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> yeah, it, and yeah. the the farms thing, um, they, uh, mentioning the, the pumpkins that are grown there, they do a pumpkin beer every fall, and the big, tall, same kind of bottle that, like, the double chocolate stout and things like that come in. Um, but they, since they do their own pumpkins, like, you can actually taste the difference. Like, it's like a lot of the other, you know, fruit flavors. You can taste it when it's real the, ingredients the real versus not so much. <laughs> and that is something, yeah. uh, so we've talked about the controversial stuff with Rogue, but yeah, the way that they handle a lot of going natural with a bunch of their ingredients, you can taste the difference. And they do have, yeah. they, it feels like they put out a superior liquid. So they, they suck at uh, having employees, but they're good at beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, let, let's put it this way: management's not the best. The employees do some great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so at they, the they Rogue make... Farms, no, no. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. Because no, 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 I was no. going to move on to a different thing. So go ahead. I was just going to say they make more than just beer, but ah, mm-hmm. uh, segue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were segueing as well. Um, at the Rogue Farms specifically, they do some some weekends where you can come and do a U pick on the Merriam berries. So. A buck fifty will get you a pint of you pick berries. That is super cheap. Like you can get a pallet <laughs> of berries for ten dollars. Wow. Um, <laughs> and so that's up in like the July time. And then um, this year coming, or this year right now, they are producing some new things. So this is probably what you're going to see in potentially beers in two years from now. But products like wasabi, hmm. gooseberries. Kiwis oh. and uh, products for their spruce gin. Mm. So those are some of the things that you might be seeing by what they're growing, trying to experiment and growing at the farm. What they might want to try to put into beers coming coming in the next few years. Gooseberry would be good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we we've talked a little bit about, and, and as Bob tried to get us down the road with it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we talked a little bit about some of the other things that they do make, including spirits. So in 2004, or yeah, 2004, then Mayor Bud Clark cut the ribbon at the grand opening of Rogue's first distillery on the second floor of Rogue Distillery and Public House in Portland's Pearl District. This was Oregon's first rum distillery since Prohibition. Over the next three years, they handcrafted four spirits, three styles of rum, and a spruce gin. Introducing, uh, uh, which was, oh, introduced in... January 2007. Yeah. January of 2007 with so much fermentation happening in a small second floor distillery in the Pearl district. It was clear that rogue needed more room. They moved into the rogue house of spirits next door to rogue brewers in the Bay of Newport, Oregon in 2007. A year later, they filled the still with dead guy, L whiskey wash and debuted dead guy whiskey. They also started growing their own barley at rogue farms in Tig Valley that same year, single malt whiskey and Oregon rye whiskey later joined the lineup. By 2011, they were once again busting at the seams, so they moved into their current distillery just across the parking lot from the House of Spirits. <laughs> just, just keep growing. Yeah. Uh, their spirits found a home again in oak barrels in the ocean aging room right next door, and the World Beverage Competition took notice in 2014, awarding Rogue the Distiller of the Year title. So a beer brewery got Distiller of the Year. Yeah. Going into 2018, Rogue is handcrafting spirits on a 550-gallon still that's Ooh. huge and aging yeah. until they're ready for a bottle. Newport's Ocean Air gives Rogue Spirits the local character as level 10 spirits wizard 
Jake Holsch rears them into adulthood. Yes. I wonder if he's that spirit wizard title comes from uh, the Austin. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Academy. Hmm. That is possible. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they're, uh, they've got... Yeah, we got to look at, uh, when we were down there, we got to go in and see the original pot still and all that stuff they've got up there. They don't, they said that they come in and produce, you know, maybe once a quarter someone comes in and actually just fires up the equipment that's in the public house there and actually distills <laughs> something. But there, you know, there's nothing actually being manufactured out of there. Yeah. They haven't, they've still got the same basically spirits that we just talked about, but then we've also got, I guess this is new, uh, Pinot spruce gin hmm. um how does that work yeah <laughs> uh it's finished in oregon pinot noir barrels nice so that could actually be kind of interesting yeah that dark uh dark fruit flavor that pinot noir has that, yeah. that could be could be actually an really interesting good. gin combo hmm. all right well speaking of drinks let's get into what we are drinking Drink with me, friend. Yay. Mine's boring. I just had, um, I've been addicted to smoothies and citrus. So <laughs> during the pregnancy, uh, so I'm, I just had like a full mug of simply orange <laughs> with mango. <laughs> Good call. Eh. Good call. It's delicious. Uh, I have been working through, I think we've already mentioned already, the double chocolate stout mm. from Rogue. It that uh, ruined our original mixer. One of those bottles. Uh, oh, okay. When they what that was okay. They had yeah. the badge on Untapped to have like three of the stouts from Rogue, and then we were trying to pound through them after we went to the uh, beer fest. So we got back and we're drunk and clanging bottles around and everything, and one inevitably got tipped up on the mixer. Oh, <laughs> it was that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is an American double or an imperial stout. Uh, I've found two different ABVs for this. <laughs> sure. Uh, it uh, might vary depending the year. Yeah, it could be. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see what it says on the bottle so I can... Because their website says 8.7%. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 Beer Advocate says 9. Huh. Like they just it. round it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> close just enough. Uh, but it's got 50 IBUs uh, and has a beer advocate score of 4.22 out of five. Pretty high. Uh, <laughs> it is. This is one of those like you mentioned, like oh, getting getting into to to some of the stuff, you know, into more craftier beer uh, makes it sound like it's made up by a cutting plan of some kind. Craftier. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I I used like this was a beer that like got me getting into more and more into stouts. But I've also got like a friend that's just like. This, this was amazing, and I just like I could never find it. And I'm like, we'll, we'll get you there. I can get you some better stuff, but <laughs> this is still solid. Like it's, it, it's it's a really nice, really sweet. Uh, it's got a, a lot of sweetness in it, but it's got that hoppy bitterness to help balance some of the stuff out. It's mm. and like dark chocolate, so it's also it, got like a nice little, yeah. nice little cover of palate, I guess. Yeah. Um, Rogue. Rogue has that tendency to be balanced in everything they do, mm-hmm. and I love it. Like yeah. I, nothing that they they've made that I've tasted has been outrageously hoppy. It's just here's the malt and the hops balance the malt perfectly. Yep. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, I know what you have, but I went for a uh, newer release of theirs. So looking around because we were at the store at the same time, <laughs> I wanted to get the double chocolate, but Justin beat me to it. Someone was selfish. <laughs> so uh, I went with the Culture Clash from Rogue. Uh, this is an Imperial you mean Rouge <laughs> from Rouge. This is an Imperial <laughs> Blonde Ale blended with uh, kombucha tea. Six point nine percent ABV. Yeah, you can uh, close so close to seven, you can kind of tell. But this is one where uh, those IBUs uh, four, four, <laughs> just four. Nice. <laughs> they they weren't trying when it came to IBUs on this one. Beer Advocate score three point eight five out of five. So it's kind of Beer Advocate's giving it kind of a meh, not terrible. Mm. That's not a bad. Uh, it's not a bad. It's one not bad, bad it's... but no one's really you know singing its praises. Yeah. Uh, the brewery's description on this one, Culture Clash, is an explosive collision with Townshend's brew doctor, Kombucha, uh, a fearless fermenter and world-class Oregon brand by combining the unique tangy flavors of a custom-brewed Kombucha from, doctor, from Brew Doctor <laughs> with a rogue blonde ale specifically brewed to complement it. We've created You've- a flavorful invigorating balance of blonde and bold that both kombucha and beer drinkers will enjoy. Brittany, you've had brew doctor kombucha. I guarantee it. Probably. It's, it's a, one of the brands that's pretty much in every whole foods out there. Is yeah. that the one with the floaty bits in it? Or is that something different? Well, that's like all kombucha. They all have floaty bits. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. This but one... like there's one, one brand that has like, you can like, it's huge. Like you can see, like they're meant to be, one, you could brew another looks, kombucha. Yeah, one. I was say one of them that looks like it's a uh, 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 a, a, a a science experiment, just a giant strain yeah. of yeah. <laughs> so this beer, I've got to say, um, if uh, you're a fan of some funk, is uh, it tastes like someone took something from New Glarus and funked it up a little more. <laughs> mm. So it's a lot funkier, and it smells really funky. But it, it, the flavor is much more subdued. It smells like straight vinegar to me. Yeah, she did not approve of. Well, I <laughs> like vinegar, like, uh, but it was just, it was just strong. Uh, I think the one you've had, Brittany, was ginger turmeric, and I think you've had it on the show, show actually. Oh, I don't know about that. I wouldn't have gotten ginger. I think that was the thing that I remember on the show was that you hated the ginger, but you got yeah, it. Anyway. She got it to settle her stomach. Oh, yeah. maybe, maybe. Um. Hmm. Well, kombucha has that tendency there to to like start going vinegary as you yeah. as you let it go. I mean, that's that's kind of what makes it a little bit kombucha. Like, so it makes so. it good for you too. Yeah. Casey. All right, Casey. What what have you been drinking? Indeed. Yeah. So uh, chocolate stout. So you all you you've had the double, mm. Bob. I'm just having the standard. Um, it was also on sale like 10% off. So don't know how old this was. (laughs) Um, (laughs) it is a stout, so I'm okay with it. That's one thing I did not care for on the rogue bottles. There was no good date that I saw. Mm. Either that or my, my local store went off and took alcohol to the date and got it off Uh, there. The newer Uh, ones, I can't say these solid color bottles. This one does have a date. Hmm. Interesting. That may be the case then, because I didn't see it on um, my six-pack bottles or the individual bottles. 
4.15 out of 5 on Beer Advocate, the source that we trust. <laughs> and on uh, on the Rogue website, it lists out all the information, 5.8%, uh, 69 IBUs. And I guess it's a stout, but they sometimes win badges or win awards for milk stout. So <laughs> that's kind of the vein that it's in. I like it. It's good. Um, so how chocolatey is it? <laughs> you know, is it as chocolatey as mine? <laughs> probably yours, not. Yours um, the chocolatiness that I get out of it is more of a Belgian chocolate. No. Mm. I mean, that's okay. So a little bit of that Belgian aroma. Um, it, it, and I'm not a big Belgian chocolate fan. I'm more of like a semi-sweet type of guy. But Belgian chocolate definitely has a special like f- aroma flavor to it. And so that's kind of what it's kind of like. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That, that literally just made me like envision and want chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes, guys. So this um, is, I <laughs> thought I knew pretty much the everything that was going on with Rogue because it's something I, I had popped in on and looked up occasionally in, you know, our beginning journeys into craft beer. But there's still a lot in this I did not know. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Rogue was started by ex-Nike Yeah, guys. no idea. Yeah. It's yep. like, get that. They go, they go from executives at Nike making shoes to, oh, let's do some beer. Finding, finding an accountant cash. brewer. Yeah, making cash. Yeah. Turning Michael Jordan into pure cash. There, there's a lot of this I didn't know. Um, and, you know, obviously... I kind of wish we could have found something that went really specific with a lot of the controversy part. But there's everything's a lot of hearsay. You can dig around. If you get on Reddit, you can find like these ex employees are very vocal. So it doesn't take much digging. If you go to a forum site, Mm. a little Mm -hmm. prodding and poking will bring them out and they will, they will say some pretty horrid stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. again, they're it. Like they say at the end of the the bit, there is like, keep in mind these are disgruntled ex employees. Yeah, but but they you got can't deny somehow you can't yeah. deny like the old job posts that yeah. were saved. Oh that yeah, they put up like those things. That's are awful. Pretty <laughs> damning. Uh yeah, because yeah. that you want to be like oh well I mean maybe it's the employee but when there's like more and more employees that that's a thing with or ex employees I guess, and then you also have that horrible job listings. Yeah, that doesn't look good. Well, I mean, if if you go back and look at it, these guys are Nike execs. And think about the way Nike ran their business versus yeah. how most breweries run a business. There's going to be a disconnect and there's going to be a difference in attitudes of what, you know, you're filling out an expense report and there's a, a meal that you sat down to and you got a beer on it. In the brewery world, oh, yeah, that's a normal everyday expense. In the Nike world, that's like, oh, we're going to fire you because you were drinking on a, on a company lunch. You know, that's that sort of, of difference in an opinion. And so having those two worlds collide in Rogue is maybe one of the reasons that we see so much issue coming in there. Uh, yeah, but it's also probably why we see them everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they you're, had, you're absolutely they've got right. The marketing they had down, the business yeah. end of stuff figured. Yep. So, and, and, which, the beer is a problem is good. with some. <laughs> I've I've hardly had a bad beer from Rogue. Also, now that, I mean, just thinking about it, like they do good beer. <laughs> yeah. So the la- the laissez faire uh, is great and all for employee morale, but at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah. it makes money. Yeah. 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 But 
All right. Yeah. Striking a balance. They got <laughs> yeah. a balance in their beers. Let's strike a balance in the. In the <laughs> oh, there else. you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So you can visit us at haveadrinkshow.com for useful links and info about us. Also look for Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv. Don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also use the feedback page on the website or, you know, send us a message on Facebook or DM us on Twitter. Yeah. All Shout joking, real loud. <laughs> all joking fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. If, if you're around for the pre-show or some of that in the show, don't don't take some of uh, Justin's suggestions. <laughs> no, that was that was entirely joking. Don't. All right. Uh, so you can check us out next Saturday. Again, that that meet episode on August 4th uh, for our, the next live episode. And of course, remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show if you would like to support us. So once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We shall see you next time. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Picture horrifying. Big old saggy granny boots. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> 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 <laughs>